When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I like the fact that they are pitching it, if you like, as something with a bit of class about it. And even Keanu, you know, he brings that to, to any role, really. What class? Well, no, it just a sort of, it, it's like he's always thinking. His silence brings with it a sort of an air. Again, it's this pseudo air of, of oh, he's incredibly thoughtful and intelligent and brainy. You can see the thinking. Absolute yeah. bollocks. They've amped up in terms of scope. I mean, they went to Rome in the last one, but here you're on the you're on the sand dunes of Casablanca with Halle Berry. You know, fine. That's not cheap, is it? No, exactly. <laughs> not, in no way, shape, form. Hello, film fans. Joining Flixwatcher today, we have James. Hi. Rihanna. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're here to review John Wick 3, Parabellum. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. We have today with us James and Rihanna. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hello, I'm James King. I'm a film journalist and writer and presenter and currently you can hear me on BBC Radio 2 talking movies with Joe Wiley. Uh, so you're, you're back with Joe Wiley again? I'm back. That's, a, yes. that's the classic it's, combo from, it's from like my Liz university Taylor days. and Richard Burton <laughs> back together again. I won't say who's who. Um, yes, back. Reunited, which is rather lovely. A little bit more mature. You no, know. you're not. I've seen your Instagram post. That's, okay. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, do, do people ever come up to you guys? Oh, sorry, Rihanna, you're a broadcasting film journalist as well. Yeah. Uh, do people ever come up to you guys and say, I saw that film that you recommended? Rubbish. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it happens quite a lot. Yeah. Ha- ha- it does happen a lot. People also go, this is the most common one I get. Now, I now there's, there's something familiar about you. They <laughs> yeah. never go, oh my God, James King, amazing. They go, now, what is it? Now, this, I can't quite think. Do you, are you, something to do with Mark Kermode? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's that sort of middle ground of vague recognition. Yes, I think you probably, you, you have a, a very recognisable face though. Well, to most people, well, yeah, I guess. vaguely recognisable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but voices, I guess, because we both do a lot of radio as well. Yeah. When people hear your voice, they often get it as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yes. I do get people like, oh my God, I used to listen to you all the time. That's, I find that so weird um, yeah. when people say that because 
Obviously, they listen. It's, it's a national radio station, but you, but sort you of forget. forget. Mm. Oh, 100%. But what was you forget really... you're broadcasting to millions, millions of, people. of people. And might have a, a sway about, you know, something in their life. That I find terrifying and ridiculous. <laughs> but what I, the, the best time with that was when my, because my now boyfriend used to listen to me um, <laughs> when I first started and he went to my university. We didn't know each other. And so he was like, oh my God, have you seen there's a new film critic from Reading who did our course? And I love that he used to just like switch on to listen. <laughs> <laughs> to me and then switch off again because he didn't like Radio 1 very much um, but that I always think that's a really kind of Absolutely. like weird thing where he used to hear my voice before I even knew who he was yeah I just I don't know it's it's an odd thing yeah it, it, it's definitely odd when when people say oh yes I you know I grew up listening to you and I remember you now you did yes. a review of yeah. that film now what was it <laughs> oh now um, it's I weird. think that uh, yeah so Michelle Pfeiffer was in it now yeah, <laughs> you said it was terrible but actually oh, brilliant. what are you talking about <laughs> yeah and it's like this, you're talking about 2004 I can't remember that far back but also that I love that it just stuck in their mind because I have I have memories of listening to you on Radio 1 when I was in my like childhood bedroom yeah. and having my little radio my stereo on and listening I can't remember specific films but i just Good. i just remember <laughs> just you coming on yeah, multiple yeah. times and yeah. always listening to what you had to say yeah so meeting you was really cool when you came <laughs> you know it's, that's why we invited you on it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's you know it's genuinely lovely to hear and, and i get it when i meet djs and presenters yeah. you know and you go oh wow i've just met steve wright my god he's been on the radio forever has I anyone ever said that about yeah. meeting steve wright yeah. <laughs> i'm saying it you know um just when you when you sort of meet people who you have grown up with yeah. who have just always been around mm-hmm. you know philip schofield or someone like yeah. that you go yeah. wow yeah. oh my god andy peters if yeah. you um so you also have a podcast james can you tell us a bit about that yeah the podcast uh, is called cinema stories and it's it's very simple format it's just a one guest chatting to me about their three favourite cinemas. And, that, you know, it could be cinemas they go to regularly. It could be a cinema they went to once. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that three cinemas that have stories associated with them, you know, that they're attached to in some way. Rihanna was a guest on, on one episode. Um, a great story, actually, about you going to see Philadelphia Story. Mm. Yes. Well, we won't say any more, but... Mm. Yeah, go listen yeah, to that, guys. Involves yeah. we. Oh, <laughs> you heard alert. it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's so funny though because I was listening to it and um, my boyfriend unfortunately has um, a small bladder and we are dictated about where we sit in the cinema. Yeah, with this in mind, that's literally it's, me. It's just, it's a really it's, hard condition, is, guys. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's especially when you're a film critic. Yeah, there there are some classier chats than that on the podcast. It's not all about no, not on urination. my one. <laughs> but it's it, I mean the cinemas you go to. It, it is such a visceral thing. I went ahead mm. the podcast and the format. I was just, I was just like, yeah. I want to know because I have that visceral thing. I have the the one cinema I went to once when I was on holiday. I had the mm-hmm. cinema I grew up with, and I have the cinema that I prefer like now. And that's when it's just like yeah, yeah bang, bang, tick tick tick. Those are the ones that would you always have some kind of attachment. The and then, my oh, cinema at the university, there's there was two choices, yeah. and yeah, both very 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 different cinemas. And you used to work at one of them, didn't you? Yeah, well, one of them was the main one in the town, which only had one film a day. Where was this? Oh, wow. Aberystwith. Okay, one had, film a day. Yeah. I remember going in there and say, "What's on?" And they said, "Well, this film." And I went, "And?" And they were like, "That's kind of it for a week." And, and then the other one was uh, in the Art Centre, which where I used to spend a lot of my time taking people's tickets and watching all the films for free. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. I always like it. So some of the people that we've spoken to on the podcast have, have also worked at cinemas, now, mm-hmm. and I, I'm still jealous of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. My friend worked until really recently at the Clapham Picture House, and just I just loved hearing all of her story yeah. while working in film. Yeah, and seeing was, the films anyway. And seeing the films anyway. I still loved the idea of that being her job yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Jealous. Um, Rihanna, can you give us a bit more about yourself before we're talking about the film? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Six Music with Lauren Laverne on Monday mornings doing reviews, um, film, TV, streaming. Used to be on Radio One. Uh, I also present um, or co present an online streaming series called Build, which is like an interview series with for TV, theatre, and film. And yeah, I'm on. I'm kind of broadcast primarily. I'm always very envious of people who write a lot. I'm always very envious that, that James has written a book. Um, <laughs> it's a very cool book. It's eighties eighties. I like that. I'm plugging 80s. your work because you, you I, forgot. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. That the the book um, was about eighties teen movies, which was sort of a, a labour of love, really, and a passion project. Yeah, cause your your favourite film is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's certainly in, in the top two. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I'm, it's, it's my favourite film. I, I need to show you a poster I have when we finish. Recording. Oh, amazing! Very nice. Um, Very nice. But yeah, it's it, I can I wholeheartedly get the we're of the eighties. Must was on this table, I think. Uh, I, think I think you're a bit younger. Uh, <laughs> younger. Uh, Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, just squeak yeah. in, yeah. in there. Uh, but eighties has there's, there's lots and lots of eighties books out at the moment, and I love every single one of them. I think it's just such a rich kind of vein of, of movie history that I don't know whether it's super nostalgia, but um, I wholeheartedly love it. To be. What, what would you want to write a book about if you're going to do it? I mean, probably Jane Austen adaptation. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I hear you might know a bit about those. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I just, I chop and change so much. I feel like I don't have that same um, singular yeah. thing that you do. Um, Although, I mean, that, that, that was a thing for me, you know, and, and it still is, of course. Now but, you've but got actually, it out there. Uh, but and it... actually it was the suggestion of someone, you know, and when they said do it, as soon as it was someone else telling me it to do it, sense. I did it. Mm. Yeah. But, but when, yeah, if it had just been left to me on my mm. own, I'd be like chopping and changing yeah, the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I should do 90s. Maybe I should do noughties. Yeah. Now, you know, all that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, well, so we're talking about John Wick Chapter 3, which is your choice, James. Yes. So can you tell us why you chose it and give us a synopsis in one minute or less? Uh, John Wick Chapter 3, colon, parabellum, uh, is the latest <laughs> instalment of everyone's favourite pissed off assassin franchise (laughs) starring Keanu Reeves as the title character. By this point in the series, John is a wanted man. He has this huge bounty placed on him uh, because he's annoyed the authorities. He's annoyed the so-called high table of of baddies. Um, So you've got all these assassins around the globe. And there are, according to this movie series, an awful lot of assassins (laughs) in the world. And they all know him. They they all know him. They all recognise him and they're all after him. So he goes on the run. And that running takes him from New York to uh, Casablanca in Morocco, out into the desert, back to New York again. And the whole time he's obviously fighting and shooting and flinging knives and uh, riding horses in this one, Mm. riding a horse in this one, um, trying to find his freedom as the odds kind of grow increasingly against him. You just can't really see a way out for him. You've got some returning characters uh, in this, such as Winston, uh, who's the manager of the Continental Hotel. Did you know assassins have their own hotel? <laughs> well, they do. Yeah, apparently. They've got in, to chill somewhere, haven't yeah, they? In big cities. Big yeah. yeah. Um, so Ian McShane plays uh, Winston. He's back. Lawrence Fishburne is the Bowery King. He's the leader of a network of city vagrants. 
uh, of course, a re-teaming with, with Keanu Reeves. He was in the second John Wick movie, but also yeah. most famously in the Matrix films. Some newcomers too. They've got two Oscar winners in this one. Halle Berry. This, this shows you how the franchise is really built. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think they'd have done the first movie, but by part three, they're like, yeah, we'll have some of that. Uh, so Halle Berry and uh, Angelica Houston, they're two powerful women from John's past. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I'm not I'm not for a second going to claim that there's any sort of realism going on. <laughs> I think some of the emotions are real, but certainly the plot isn't real. Um, so, so why did you choose it for us? Well, I like the fact that... that it's grown as a franchise that the first one came out and was great and it's probably my favorite of the three but it was you know a a relatively low budget film without many expectations and minimalist in certain respects you know it didn't try and go global and then it was a big hit second one comes out even bigger hit so by the third one you're getting the big names on board the bigger names Mm -hmm. and also you're getting a bigger scope the story broadens out geographically it broadens out and it becomes a different thing. And I'm always fascinated by movie franchises that are sort of accidental. Mm. Obviously, if you're looking at the Harry Potters and Lord of the Rings, you know, the books are already there. The story's already written. Everyone knows that ideally they'll be doing more and more films. But I think with this, no one particularly expected it. Keanu Reeves hadn't really had a a hit movie for a while. Uh, And so suddenly they have a hit and they have to work out what to do with that. Do you think it's to its detriment, though, that it gets big? I mean, this third one is, like, as you say, enormous. <laughs> and it's like the sort of Sex and the City 2 thing yeah. where, and they go, you know, in, there's camels in a desert. It's literally Sex and the City 2. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, they almost don't, they, their success has almost worked against them, I think. I know, I, I, I do agree with that. I mean, it's it's the biggest film in terms of box office. Mm. Um, and that's partly why I'm fascinated by it, is, <laughs> yeah. is what, they, what do they do with it? Where do they go with it? They had this problem with Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I think when, when you were describing that, I was thinking yeah. that's the Fast and Furious franchise where the first one made a bit of money, so they made the second one. Yeah. And it kind of it was diminishing returns until suddenly it's like, boom. Now they're on 27. And of course, wow. the first one, you know, is about illegal street racing in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, how much of a part does that play now in the mm-hmm. latest Fast and Furious movies, nothing whatsoever. So they've completely moved on from it. But with this, do I think it's to its detriment? I, to a certain degree, yes, because mm. I like the simplicity of the first one. Mm. And and it's almost believable, the first one. Mm. Um, <laughs> this one isn't in any way believable. I, but what I would say is I think that they have counteracted that by it being so spectacular and over the top and so breathless in its pace that in a way you don't really even have a chance to catch up with it mm. and, and look at it logically yeah. you're just swept away in it and go wow that looks amazing or that kick was amazing or that fight scene was amazing uh, and yeah when you sit down in the cold light of day you go well it's nonsense but actually the experience mm. I found uh, it, it's something that just completely I was completely wrapped up in Helen this is the first time you've seen a Dominic film isn't it no I've seen the first one oh, I've seen the first one I watched you, the first you, one you by choice the second one. okay um, I didn't to be honest I didn't actually know the second one was on Netflix right. else had I have worked that out then I possibly would have watched it but then I kind of thought I'll work it out so what happened when you typed in John Wick and to Netflix did it not show the, the second it, one as well I think just because obviously it's very recently come on it was it was there in like new arrivals right. so I, I think d- the I didn't second one came it. on after the third one actually uh, okay right interesting yeah um I mean there's a there's a lot of things that I really liked about it particularly like the fact that the the average age of the cast must be what 40 or 50 or <laughs> yeah, something say, yeah 50 yeah, it's 55 now isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah so it's Lance Reddick in McShane Yep. Mark DeCastos is in his 50s. Angelica's, yeah. yeah. So, I, think I think the average age has got to be well into the 50s. 50s. Yeah. yeah, so for a 
It gives you hope, doesn't it? Blockbuster <laughs> film like that. I mean, I, I, I did like that. Um, I mean, I also, I mean, where else are you going to get a film that you can see Lovejoy? And I couldn't remember if it was Robson or Jerome. It's, uh, oh, Jerome. it's Jerome. Jerome, yeah. Jerome, yeah. Jerome, Jerome Flynn. Flynn. About Jerome, Jerome yeah, Flynn. Yeah, amazing. Um, and Jason, um, obviously from... Mantzoukas. Um, yeah. yeah. Crazy TikTok Jason. man. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's, Time's up, John Wick. It's got so much pop culture going on that it's probably got too much going on but um it looks amazing as well mm, like, it, it really 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 does look amazing and it is bonkers and mm. it's been a while since i've seen kind of death by book and book to the <laughs> when you say it's a while i mean how often <laughs> yeah. have you seen maybe it's happened before i don't know but, it wasn't um, a born film but not, possibly, not as officially yes, as this yeah. i think that i love that um and that's quite early on in the film it's very it? early sort on yeah. setting up what this film's gonna yes. be like but i love that there's sort of uh pseudo-intellectual side to these movies. <laughs> First of all, with the Latin in the title, Parabellum, uh, which, which doesn't means... need to be there. It means prepare for war. Yeah. Oh, yes, it Ian McShane says it. it yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, it does not need to be there. No way, shape or form needs to be there. And then the, even the Death by Book, which is, so I think it's in a library, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, the New York you know, City Library. It, exactly. Yeah. And you think that sort of gives it this like air of class and, and literary <laughs> you know, appeal. Um, and I, I, I don't particularly think that John Wick has some hidden intellectual side to it, but I like the fact that they are pitching it if you like as something with a bit of class about it and even Keanu you know he brings that to, to any role really what class well no it's just a sort of it, it's like he's always thinking you know yes because it, he's not speaking because know, he can't that, get words out well exactly but but his <laughs> silence brings with it a sort of an air again it's this pseudo air of of oh he's incredibly thoughtful and intelligent and brainy you can see the thinking absolute yeah. bollocks i no, mean it's true but i think that he that's it's it's silence that does that you know and it might be completely fake but silence when you play a character like that, if they're not saying anything, you're mm. thinking, wow, they must know something really amazing. Oh, that's so funny because I was watching this going, there is nothing going on between the ears there. <laughs> oh, really? You can't string a sentence together. Every word that he says comes. <laughs> and whereas like Ian McShane acts, he actually acts opposite him, which is Jonathan. quite impressive. Um, but he can, he, he, you know, he has different tone to his voice mm. and uh, he can change it up a little bit. And, and Keanu Reeves, I just don't understand but Keanu it's, Reeves. But generally uh, yes. because I mean, he does Generally he, anyway, yeah, but it, also in this, right. I think in the first John Wick, you're right, I haven't seen the second one like you, Helen, I haven't seen the second one either. Um, the first John Wick was, yeah, it, it ticked boxes. Mm. It was fine. I, 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 I understood. Avenging a dog is something we can all get behind absolutely and i could understand why people um why that almost became a bit of a cult classic at yeah. the time um but also but then watching this i was like nothing has they've amped up all of the wrong things i think um it looks beautiful the lighting throughout is absolutely mm. stunning um and there are those scenes almost like a bit bond like yeah. you know with the glass yeah, exactly. um and yeah. the darkness and yeah. uh, i what, think the band the darkness no <laughs> not i didn't i didn't see that <laughs> <laughs> Wrong film. Yeah, Justin, um, Justin Hawkins. It was, Justin, yeah. He was there. He was one of the assassins. <laughs> but it's. I, I just. I, it frustrated me. I know it didn't frustrate me. It bored me because there were so many of these elongated fight sequences, which I understand people yeah. are going to see this to watch the fight sequence and nothing else. But for me personally, I was like, well, I've, I've seen you do this for about ten minutes now. Yeah. I'm just going to skip forward a bit to see if it's. Oh no, you're still. You're still doing it. Oh, there's a little bit of, of dialogue. 
Oh, and you're, now you're back to the slicing each other. And uh, I, I don't know, once it's not The Raid, mm. you know? The Raid does action like no other film. Yeah. And was, Ma- Keanu says he was massively influenced by The Raid. Yeah. Of course he you know, fucking this, was. This was the, yeah. the, that was the film he wanted to make. And I do think that, again, you know, as the third film with the success behind it, and you said is it a victim of its own success, there's always this feeling that you have to do, go bigger mm-hmm. and go longer. And you have more money, you know, for the yeah. third film. And It's hard not to just rub your hands and say, yeah, I'll take that money. Yeah. Let's, and let's Cast make a, blank a really anyone? long uh, uh, fight <laughs> sequence. And I, I like those fight sequences, um, but actually do I think that final fight sequence in that big mirrored room is is the best thing in there? No, I do think it goes on too long. Yeah. Like, for me, the simpler ones are the better. I'd prefer to see a book fight yeah. rather than, you know, some 20 minute long uh, visually stunning mm. um, scene. So, I, you know, I... I um, I'm not going to claim it as a, as a perfect film. Yeah, but but that scene, you know, the, 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 as you say, that that elongated end scene with Mark was it the Cascos? The Cascos, thank yeah. you, Mark the Cascos. He at least brings a little bit of humour to John Wick, yeah. and I think that is desperately needed in a film that can be. It, Otherwise, it's very po-faced. I think and I think it tries to be funny and fails miserably unless this guy's on screen. I think that's one of the things that kind of elevates it away because when. John Wick 2 came out, I was like, oh, really? I was mm-hmm. kind of happy with it being just the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I went to see it and I was like, that's, the second one is my least favourite mm. of, of the three. Yeah. Um, and again, but it left on such a cool, cool cliffhanger. Like he's got a, he's got an hour to escape. Mm-hmm. And so I was super excited for this one because I thought, oh, you've, well, you've, you land, you've stuck the landing in a way, but still, I thought it was really baggy, the other one. And this one, like I said, they've amped up in terms of scope. I mean, they went to Rome in the last one, but here you're on the you're on the sand dunes of Casablanca with Halle Berry. You know, fine. That's not cheap, is no, it? No, exactly. <laughs> not, in no way, shape, or form. It does look stunning. The start of this film was for me just like breathtaking. The first kind of half hour, those first few fights. Yeah. Uh, the one in the in the knife stroke weapons factory. I loved how yeah. he like he was going to use that gun with that specific bullet, but the gun wouldn't work. So he spent like two minutes putting it together, just <laughs> put it together, just in time for that one guy to come through yeah. and bang. And then they had that fight in the corridor and suddenly both people realise they're surrounded by knives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and very handy. Yeah, and then it becomes this thing. I thought that's just super, super inventive. But it does get, it just does, it is baggy. And, and I think it could have done with one or two less of the fights yeah. and, and tightened it up um, for me. But I loved, yeah, the point was, I loved the thing about, oh shit, I'm actually fighting John Wick. This is like the best thing ever. Yeah, I liked yeah. that. With, with the Mark fanboy yeah. sort of element. So he like, sat right next and, to him on the sofa. And then, yeah. You know, I like the fact that there is, uh, maybe it is po-face, but to me, it, you know, ultimately, and if you sort of, I, I've actually, I think there was one point where I watched all three films over the course of two days. So mm. I, I, it was real wow. like a marathon. Why? Um, because I love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but then you really get, that, that what came out of that particular nine hours or however long it was um, was that that you know this is a guy in mourning that's the whole point of the film mm. when you go right back to the beginning of it he's a guy in mourning and who is tragically single after the death of his wife and and misses her and you know that thread when you sort of when you get away from the action you get back to that thread that's what hangs the whole thing together and in the third one it is about whether he can get his freedom to carry on, you know, thinking grieving about, her. carry on grieving. And yeah. loving her. Um, you know, because he basically has a choice. Do I die or do I work for people I don't like, but at least I will still have the freedom to be alive and to carry on, you know, missing my wife. Mm. Um, and so that that element, I think for me, holds the three films together. I don't think it's at the forefront of the filmmaker's minds. 
you know, they, they're at the forefront of the filmmakers' minds of the action scenes. Mm. But it is at least still there. And I think Keanu does that well because, you know, he's not, he can do kind of miserable, broken, uh, moody. Well, very, he's very had well. his, uh, I suppose, his fair exactly, share yeah. of tragedy and in his life. And he says, you know, that, that any performance he gives, he, he does draw on his own experience. Mm. And that, I think that's something that the public, in terms of their love for Keanu, you know, really, that really resonates with them because because um, of what he's been through himself. I think he, this is Keanu at the most Keanuist yeah. in terms of how he, you, you talk about his intonation. Mm-hmm. At some points I was laughing at how he, how he read the lines, but <laughs> you knew he was just like, I'm back. And even when yeah. it was like guns, lots yeah. of guns. He, that's, like, he yeah, really, that's the final line, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he knows that. And there's, a, you know, there's even a Matrix reference in it. So it's, yeah, guns, aware, lots of guns. it's aware that, you know, it's, who he is and what he is. Exactly, and and his status, and I think you know I, maybe Keanu would actually want to hold back on that a little bit because mm. you know that's I think he's a bit more modest than that. But the filmmakers are going, look, we've got Keanu Reeves in this film, we're paying him a lot of money. Mm. Let's milk this for all it's worth <laughs> and get him to be, as you said, the most Keanu that he's ever seen. He can be, and I mean, last year was a good year for him, and I think this is it. This year coming when uh, the next Bill and Ted's coming out. Yes, in the but, summer. But um, always. Always be my maybe when he's uh, he appears in that was yeah a, a fantastic himself, little yeah. yeah yeah and he's also sending fun. himself up in yeah. um, the new SpongeBob SquarePants movie yeah. as well so and it's you know Duke Kaboom in Toy Story Four yeah. so the guy's got a sense of humour yeah I just wish it would come out more in this <laughs> well, I mean you know, that, I like, the emotion to. that you were talking about yeah. so that line you know when he he meets the elder yeah. um, and you know that he gives that he's like why should you live and he gives the reason of wanting to remember his wife I was like oh I bet they were really proud of themselves in the writer's room for that <laughs> and then watching that on screen I was like just didn't do anything I thought it was laughable I was like that's that doesn't yeah but I think there's there's a, there's a theme about freedom throughout all of them you know because it's so much about the rules the rules yeah. of being an mm. assassin and when he breaks the rules all hell breaks yeah. loose um, which is and, what happens in the in the second film right yeah. yes and so it you know is this guy who is constantly trying to be free and away from all those rules and regulations associated with his former job but he can never quite escape it. And I do like, you know, and I think that's actually a theme in a lot of Keanu Reeves movies. The Matrix is ultimately about someone trying to find freedom, Mm, isn't it? mm -hmm. Trying to be in control of their own destiny. Um, And I think that's something that probably resonates a lot with him. You know, he's, he's, known as someone who just likes to do his own thing yeah. and not really play the game in any way. Except, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I was looking for logic in a world <laughs> oh, where, as you say, on, there Rihanna. is none. <laughs> and I think I just was trying to see a... Pa- oh. There's more logic in the first one, isn't there? Yes, that's why, you know, it's got to... I mean, I in this one, for example, there's a bit where he's sort of with um, in, in New York and they say, oh, we'll, we'll get you away. And then he just, the next moment, he turns up in Casablanca. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> how, how did you do that? <laughs> If you're on a boat, I think they say a boat, don't they? It takes but 14 days, apparently. There you go, exactly. Two I did weeks. think, surely, at least, can't we at least have a little scene of him on the boat or something <laughs> to suggest how this... Having happened? a Mai Tai on a, yeah. on a cruise ship. I mean, ship. what did he do in those two weeks? Does that mean he came back on a boat as well? So this is over the, over the course of a month. <laughs> at least Where it's month. presented as like two nights. Yeah. Um, it so, just felt like kids in a in a playground playing tag, you know, and then like the safe, tag. and then the safe house of you know like the climbing frame is the Hotel Continental. Yeah, that's that's just like this. The, that imagery just kept coming back to well, me. Well, they're doing another one, and I am, you know, I love the series. I love this third one, but with each sequel, I kind of think, 
oh no, I you know I really hope that they can sort of do something special with it. Mm. Um, I don't have a hundred percent confidence in them because <laughs> I, I don't think you do with any series. You kind of go, well, well where Star can Wars. this go? You know, <laughs> there's a there's a limited amount of scope for where this can go. So did you? Yeah, because when I came into the cinema excited because I love the cliffhanger. I was also excited because I thought this is going to be the, the final bit. Of it. I thought that was going to be the final part of it. <laughs> More and for you, Kobe. It was. I was yeah. when I was like, oh. <laughs> I know he's not dead because why would he be dead? But really, he's, he's gone back to the Barry King, and we see the Barry King again. He's alive. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm angry. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But nothing ever ends, does it? I mean, that's I'm not angry. just John Wick. That's that's just anything. That's nothing just the film really industry. ever ends anymore. It's kind of going to be the Matrix sequel that the fanboys really want, as opposed to well, the, the Matrix, Matrix sequels. Isn't Matrix Four coming out? Yeah. 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 But no it one is, wants yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I love that two of the three Matrix films, but I think the moment's passed. Yes. Yeah. But and that it surprised but me. But has the moment passed for Bill and Ted's though? Probably, I love Bill and Ted. Oh my god! I mean, the book that we mentioned that you know that I wrote about eighties tea movies mm. that it's got excellent adventure in the title. You know, I love Bill and Ted. But could I live without a Bill and Ted uh, threequel or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, of course I could. You know, I've managed since nineteen ninety two. Yeah, so I can manage. You know, for a few more years. It, it's. I hope it's great. Of course, I hope it's great. And I love. You know, I love Alex Winter as much as I love Keanu Reeves. But it's like. Do they actually need to do it? They don't. But I think I I like the story behind it, and I think mm. I'm, I'm I'm very much looking forward it's to the original and, writers, isn't it? You know, so yeah, there's, there's some kind of there's a good basis for it for it working. Um, before we go into the scores, guys, um, what we're we thinking of the kind of modern action day action film kind of renaissance over the past few years, we've had the raid um, taken. Uh, <laughs> Atomic Blondes. I was going to say that watching this made me really, really, really want another Dread film. Yeah, well, Dread, Dread's wow. a great film. Yeah. Oh, the, oh cool. Yeah the, yeah, the recent Dread film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some connections there, isn't there? Because Atomic Blonde was David Leach directed it, who co-directed the first, first one, yeah. film. And there's definite comparisons. And of course, Keanu and Charlize have acted in it a couple of occasions together. So um, she is all, she, she's sort of the, the female Keanu who can act, really, isn't she? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, ultimately they're revenge films and we can laugh at Taken, but what Taken did was bring the revenge film back into vogue so very is, successfully. You reckon it's just all at the feet of at the feet of Taken? So, to a certain degree. I, and again, that was an older action hero, yeah. wasn't it? You know, that was someone who, you know, Liam Neeson had been around for donkey's years before that movie came along and it was a real renaissance for him. So what is it though? Because what is it about these action, these aging action heroes that can't act? but can fight. <laughs> You're saying that about Liam as well? Yeah, wow. fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> but they can fight. And I, you know, there is there is something compelling about seeing that older guy. And yeah. you're, like, I think you had said, Helen, at the beginning, you know, you're you're rooting for them just for just existing in a world where everyone is getting younger and younger. Um, but but yeah, why but why are they spawning? Like, well, there's, there's this these... kind of no-nonsense feel about it. I think the Taken films are more no-nonsense than John Wick because mm. Taken, I don't think... And by no-nonsense, do you mean nonsense? Well, yes, yes. But the, the Taken films don't have any pretensions about yeah. them, whereas John Wick does. And yeah. I, I relish those. You know, mm-hmm. I'm more than happy with those. The high um, art. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, Parabellum, <laughs> killing the books. That's high art. Um, but um, I, I think it's that idea of just just people getting on with stuff. Yeah. You know, in a world of red tape and in a world of faffing and fannying around and things taking ages, mm. these 
and it is mainly guys, that these guys just go, right, I'll do this and get on with it. Well, how do you think it compares to something like Bond then? Because we have an, another ageing action hero <laughs> yeah. in how old's Daniel Mr. Craig. Craig. Is he 50? Early 50s. Early 50s, no, exactly. yeah. Um, and and those films don't, you know, they're they're slick. There are... They have more plot, I guess, don't they? <laughs> they do, they yeah. Plot. I mean, it's sort of... Do. It's like an espionage element to them that you yeah. don't really get I with, think... with, the, with John Wick or Taken. They're a bit more linear aren't they they're just like this has happened they're going to get their revenge yes whereas bond is a bit more um full of intrigue Mm -hmm. well that's one of the things i loved about the raid and dread and the first john wick was something happened it's like a it's like a mega drive game it's like a Sega game it's like something happens (laughs) someone's got kidnapped someone's died you have to go from a to b B, by all the different bosses and that was one that was john wick one that was a raid one that was dread and for me when it becomes a bit baggy i was like oh i just want to you know yeah, where you are with those films, you are, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, and the Ray just was so superior to, I think, any other film. It was astonishing. It still, it still is astonishing now. Yeah. Can we talk about the animals? We can talk just about briefly. animals. Just briefly. Sure. I mean, that was the best thing for me in John Wick 3 was just the, they just the shoehorned in so many dogs. There's a cat, there's a camel. Horse foo. Um, <laughs> <Horse food. laughs> uh, a dead blowfish. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I think um, I think that they, obviously they knew the puppy, the, the dead puppy thing worked, uh, really played with our emotions in the first John Wick. And then of Daisy. course, rescuing the, yeah. the, the dog, which the pit bull, the pit bull mm. which comes through to the third film I think that's where the, the real emotion forget the dead wife I think it's all about the the pit bull the, the reunion the between John quotes. Wick and the forget the dead wife <laughs> and who doesn't want like a pair of attack dogs yeah. I mean they were fucking when, cool yeah. weren't they when Robson Jerome <laughs> sorry <laughs> Jerome his, Flynn uh, shot that dog it's, it's, it's like that's what, that was one of the worst things in the film that was like a, yeah it was devastating, and then and then he got his balls chewed off by another one. Yeah. Uh, brilliant, I, you know that was. I mean, my... I really hated Unchained Melody, so I'm glad <laughs> that finally Robson and Jerome, or at least fifty percent of them, get their comeuppance. We're well, not a fan of Bron, Bron in uh, Game of Thrones, though. Um, I did. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. I know he was in Game of Thrones, well, but I didn't it? watch it. Yeah. Um, what accent does anyone know? What accent was, <laughs> no, was Jerome? No from? idea. A sort of generic Eastern other. European, <laughs> Russian. I mean, he must have just been surprised to have got the call, really. Yeah. yeah. We all were. When I saw his name pop up, I was like, shut up. Well, yeah, I mean, this? I watched, I remember the first time watching it thinking, oh, no, I really recognise that guy. <laughs> of course, it's not Jerome Flint, we know that, but who is it? Do you know um, what I thought that about Angelica Houston? I was just like, oh, they've got like a subpar Angelica. And, right. and, then, and then I looked at I was like, oh, fuck, it was actually Angelica. <laughs> yes, because, you know, when you get to part three of a franchise that's making lots of money, suddenly it becomes a lot more interesting. Suddenly to all these actors, You'll get those phone calls yeah. returned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pay. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song, Song by Song, Song, where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, you might know him for his gravelly voice. <coughs> very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) 
Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places and we will start with you, James, uh, with the recommendability, please. Um, I'll go four, um, only because I think I can't recommend it to everybody because not everyone has seen the first two. I do think that that's a prerequisite. Um, I mean, of you know, well, these guys haven't these guys haven't seen the second one. They've seen the first. I one. don't think that hurt the film. Okay. I just went well, on wiki, good. read that for yeah, two but seconds. you have seen you have seen one other yeah. one. Yeah, if you've seen no other films, yes. I mean, you might be able to go well. The choreography of that fight scene is amazing, mm. but you're not really going to know what's going on. I don't yeah. think, or, or at least have. Yeah, I know. What I you're mean, saying. I mean, I, listen. <laughs> I know clear. it's not Tolkien, but you know, there there is at least some investment in the first yes. two. I think yeah. that that would be recommended. Fair. So With hey, the recurring I'm I'm giving it four out of five. That's not bad. Um, I would go. I, I, you know, I'd recommend it to, I guess, people who like extreme action, but no one else. So too. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, uh, I'm going to give it three point seven. It loses some marks for um, the fourteen days by boat. <laughs> that annoyed me. I was prepared to buy in everything else i like the but fact that, that it annoyed you so much you actually googled how long it would take yeah I, you know when you put it into google and it comes up with obviously people yeah. had already been searching for that yeah right um and also i think the last half hour could have gone i think it could have been a lot tighter mm-hmm. which was it, it got to the point where i was like okay do you think the last half hour should have gone or bits in the middle should have been compressed so it got to the last half hour quicker um, no, I mean, I was fairly, I was fairly sort of game for everything up until the fight with the two guys. I thought yeah. that went on for too long. Well, yeah, yeah, one of the guys from the raid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that, you, that was too long. You sort of want the last fight to be the best one, yeah. don't you? And actually, I think as, as impressive as it is to look at, just with all that lighting, actually the best fights are earlier on. Yeah. 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 So the, I, and this is it, the 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 first fight with the books. Um, it really does set how gloriously violent it's going to be for the rest of it as well. That scene where he's pushing a dagger very yeah. slowly oh, into someone's the, eye. Into Did you look away? Uh, no, I looked away. And but there are moments of that, and I don't I don't mind that. I think that's always I quite like the fact that it can still make me go rather than just being completely desensitized. You to see, it. as I remember seeing that in the cinema as well and thinking, oh, they're not going to put it in they're the not, eye. They're not. Oh, oh, they're, they're, oh, oh shit. Oh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, lingering there for a little bit too long, I think. Um, I'm going to go for a 4.5 here. Um, I guess that would be based on people haven't seen the first two though. But I think I, I really, really do like this one. But I think it's it's the second, it's my second favourite of the, of the John Wicks. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to people who don't like violence because it's... It's visceral. And I think for a Hollywood film, it's very, it's very, very stark. Um, compared to the raid, the raid was just absolutely mind blowing, and I wasn't expecting. I wasn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I would not have expected knives and eyes. I would mm-hmm. not have expected to be physically wincing from books being hit people. Yeah. Because even like the, I mean, previous action films were like uh, the Bourne films, mm-hmm. and. They were kind of visceral, but you never, you were just kind of rolling with the punches. Punch you like, yeah, yeah. Let's get like in there, punchy, get in there. Yeah. But this is like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, it's Chad Stahelski, isn't it? Who's, yeah. who's done him and he is a, well, was a, a stunt st- coordinator not, and stunt coordinator on The Matrix. So I, I think, think actually he's a really, well, I think he's, I think in terms of a, a former stunt person directing a film, visually, that's pretty impressive. Mm. You know, he's got a 
good eye or, or his team have good eyes um maybe the drama the emotional content isn't yeah. really his thing but he certainly knows how to direct an action scene that's true it's kind of like a sort of musical really because mm. you've got these like dances in between the kind of plots john wick Plus, musical okay, <laughs> <watch> that. <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome well isn't that how i can't remember if it's gareth evans or edwards who the, who directed the raid uh, it's Evans. It's Evans. I think. Yes, Edwards did Godzilla. Godzilla, But he was saying how they choreographed the raid, and it was it was balletic. It was to a beat. It was to um, yeah. They had like a clap track, a click track, That's to make sure they did yeah, it all yeah. all that way. That's very balletic. Yeah. Um, and there's actually ballet in John Wick Three, isn't there? there is, and actually, that was my favourite bit. I loved watching that in the background. I thought that was really gorgeous. Yeah. And I think just that um, juxtaposition between like the beauty and the violence. Mm. I mean, it's a very obvious one, but it worked nicely. And it's another for that one scene. of those delusions of intellectual. Yeah, one hundred percent Russian ballet. You know, yeah. It's like Red Sparrow. It's kind of like, well, oh, we're Russian and we got yeah. ballet, so we're going to be. This is a bit of bit of intellectual action. I'm now. so glad you didn't make me watch Red Sparrow again. <laughs> Jesus. I think that's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. It, it actually is, yeah. yeah. I think once was enough. A uh, repeat viewing score, James. Uh, well, I, you know, I can, uh, I suppose, speak from experience. I've seen it, what, two or three times? In the space um, of a year. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I want to watch it again tomorrow, but I'm happy with that and I'll happily watch it again. So I'll go for a four and a half. Well, 4.5 to use the correct <laughs> parlance, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rihanna? Um, I would never see this again, and I wish I hadn't seen it the first time, but uh, I, I do understand the the love for action. Mm. Um, and it's just not my kind of action, but I, I'd say 2.5. Helen? Um, I'm not in a rush to see this one again, but if, yeah, maybe I probably would. I'd more likely now to go back and see the second one just so I can well it's on Netflix right up. now this is it so um, <laughs> do you want to see part four when that comes out I sort of do now yeah. yeah really yeah so what made you why did you not go and see two did you think it was just like that's that was fair the I first one's fair enough I don't think because I, I didn't realise it was on Netflix at all and I only saw the first one last year no I mean uh, oh so you didn't see it in, you didn't see it in the cinema no okay Fair enough. I had to go and... Um, in- so what did you say? Two? Three. Three. I had to go and interview Keanu Reeves for John Wick. And I think I harboured a bit of resentment because I was supposed to be doing something else that day <laughs> for work. Still for work, work, but it's something that I found more interesting than interviewing Keanu Reeves. And then... You just the- lost the audience. I know, you're like, what? <laughs> Lots of people are like, I'd love to. I'd love you if, if I, that was I- my job. I had a life-size poster of him on my wall when I was younger. Oh, wow. Was it oh, for really? a specific film or just a poster? Was it a Matrix one? No, it wasn't. No, it was, it was earlier than that. And it wasn't. Right. It was him kind of like looking normal. Oh. <laughs> right. What's like, days? Um, like, I think he had like a bit of facial hair and kind of like a yeah. normal short haircut. So right, it wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. the kind of long dude hair he had. Yeah. So what's your favourite Keanu performance? Um, or film, not my, not necessarily performance, but what yeah. films? Speed or I I I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's awful, but I really like it. <laughs> I don't it's think I've speed. seen all the way through Speed. Yeah, I think nice. Point Break. Yeah, Point Break is something Poss- special, isn't it? More maybe for Patrick Swayze, but I do actually love their Brom. I think it's a, yeah. a really brilliant film. Yeah, and The Matrix. You know, I watched The Matrix yeah. again actually, recently, yeah. and it. You know, I I I'd, I'd, I thought it would have aged really badly. I was yeah. so into it in like ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. 
Um, and then the sequel sort of gradually went off the boil and uh, I thought it was over. I'd had enough mm-hmm. of the Matrix. I watched it again last year. Yeah. It was amazing. Okay, the first one is incredible. It is You're right. Really yeah. good. It is excellent. Um, and it's and it plays know, to his strengths, 100%. It plays to his strengths in a, in a similar way to John Wick is that it's 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 playing up to the Keanu-ness of Keanu, mm. you know. <laughs> and, and it's when it's, it, you know, and he's a, he's a trier, which is great. You know, he'll go and do Hamlet on stage not I don't think he'll win awards for it but at least he wants to try and do that and I really like that about him that he's prepared to mm. to branch out but ultimately I think we all know when he's best and that's stick him in a black suit give him a bit of kung fu yeah. not much dialogue yeah and that's ultimate Keanu but that's it because when I was interviewing him he just was so monosyllabic until we he started talking about guns really? and he really came alive and was so passionate and enthusiastic about talking about shooting guns and I was like this is the one bit I can't really play on Radio 1 yeah sure and that was really frustrating because it was like this is the only you know no, might, have been, YouTube, might have been my shit question there's a YouTube but- video isn't there of him in training for I, I think it was, it was part two. two yeah yeah it was uh, and I mean it is phenomenal and there's people saying the the, the gun handlers mm. you know who work on movies work on action movies saying he's the best gun handler we've ever worked with in yeah. terms of Hollywood stars so he does really immerse himself into yeah these things. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing that, like. no I mean it, but I mean he seems to be against it generally I've heard him yeah. talk about it you know he's not sort of NRA no. or anything. But yeah, I he's mean, too nice. I know it, he's he's yeah. got such a lovely reputation. Actually, it's, it is an incredibly violent, well, incredibly violent series of films. The yeah. movies they are. You, you, even I, as a fan, you know, did sit back and go, "Is this entirely the mood that I want <laughs> in, in 2019, 2020? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, but, guns, lots yes, of guns, and that's is, the punchline. Clearly, well, yeah, yeah, uh, it is, and for lots of people, yeah. because they're huge hits. Um, I'm going to go for. 4.5 here I I was kind of dis- I watched I rewatched the second one before watching this and I was disappointed that the first one this is what Netflix does and we've talked about it before it should just have all three on there because wh- why not um, is the first one not on there? No, nah, the first one's it's not different. on there. I think there. I think the first one had a different distributor. Right. So I think that's pr- it's probably boring like that. A really boring reason yeah, why it's it, yeah. not on there. That it's some sort of red tape issue. Is it Warner's it was, was the there, first though, one? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty yeah, sure I watched it on there. It probably would be on there, but the cycle of when things oh, yeah, are on. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not on now. Um, which is, yeah, annoying. 4.5. And I, when you said you did that uh, John Wick three episodes over sorry, three chapters over over a weekend I was like yeah. why not that's a why lot just, of Baba Yaga why not just one day <laughs> yeah Baba Yaga <laughs> one thing that happened I don't know what you guys had with your versions of the subtitles but they just had the standard kind of um, oh, right, like Netflix yeah. subtitles at the start but when yeah. in John Wick Two and well, and the cinema it had the like the super stylized, yeah, I had those big font ones. All right, yeah. I didn't, shame. but I was watching it with subtitles on anyway. All right, yeah, I didn't. for any particular reason. I watch if I'm watching on Netflix, I watch pretty much all things with subtitles. Really, all right, yeah, it goes in a bit better for Pretending me. Pretending it's a foreign language film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I'm also slightly deaf. All right, um, okay. if it's not like you know being boomed out of a huge surround yeah. sound yeah. cinema so yeah I always watch things with I've, subtitles I've really got into watching things with subtitles yeah. even though I don't need it it's just it becomes a, a habit and then, well. and then yeah and then you can't get out of that habit though that's <laughs> yeah. the Two trouble birds, one stone <laughs> you can imagine you're watching an Almodovar movie or something yeah. I got as uh, um, Bong Joon-ho said you know I got over that, that <laughs> one, one inch, inch barrier <laughs> yeah. yeah I used to watch it quite a lot but then when you watch some comedies the punchline often comes oh, that's, before. That's yeah. really annoying. Yeah, actually, like, yeah. Shit, let's turn this off. Yeah, that's what I have to do, like on the good place and things like that. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, small screen score. Um, yeah, I mean, 
if, if ever a film was made for the big screen, it's it's this. But I, I have watched it on the small screen and still enjoyed it. It's not its ultimate place. Mm-hmm. It's not its ultimate destination. But uh, I'll go for... I don't want to just keep going for fours, but I am feeling in a four kind of place for this. I'll Yeah, I'll do 4.2. Really? 4.2. Yeah. Is that yeah? So that means that I think it works pretty well on the small screen. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised yeah. because I think it's it would I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I'd seen it at the cinema. Yeah, well, there's still point eight missing. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I really think I would have been a bit more immersed. I think the lighting, as incredible as it was, would have just yeah. been on another level if I'd seen it like the cinematography. And it's also kind of weird because. Uh, this is getting very nitpicky, but I suppose you can watch Netflix on the small screen, but there are so many different sizes of small screen. Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. And I've watched stuff on my iPad and I've watched stuff on a big screen telly, you know, and so even though it's ultimately the same thing, it's still watching stuff on Netflix. It's a very yeah. different experience, isn't it? Well, I watched The Exorcist um, because I was really, I'm really frightened of horror films, but I had to watch it for work. So I watched it on my iPad uh, deliberately on a train where I thought I won't be scared by this. And it worked and I didn't think it was that great. And then saw it again recently on a projector on a huge, on a much bigger screen. Mm. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is why you shouldn't watch things on a, <laughs> yeah. of that sort of level yeah. on, a, on a small screen. So I think yeah. that, um, and certainly, I mean, you know, I saw it on the John Wick 3, I saw on the big screen for the first time. Yeah. And I think that's where you want to see things yeah. for the first time, isn't it? Um, watching it on an iPad for the second time, well, you kind of know what's going to happen mm-hmm. anyway. So it's not, there's not quite so much invested in it. So what's your repeat viewing score? I would say a uh, small screen score small screen's got, sorry. is 2.5 again. Sorry, I know I'm being very horrible about this one, but I just didn't like it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you could have that's been a good a lot reason. Harsher. To be yeah. we've, we've had straight zeros for one film, or maybe was it three zeros and a one? Um, what was that? It was that thing you do. The the person, Tom Hanks one. Yeah, yeah, the person sat in your seat was not a fan of the music. Right, well, it's a musical, so that's a problem. <laughs> With one song. With one. Anyway, <laughs> one yeah. song. Uh, yeah, small screen score for yourself. Uh, it's a two. Uh, I um, yeah, you need to watch this at, on a big screen. I think. I'm going to go for 2.1 because I this is probably one of my favourite cinematic experiences last year and wasn't expecting it uh, I rewatched the second one it, it didn't look as beautiful as this mm. no. just, it just it just doesn't even though they go to Rome and that looks cool but the, this, the contrast between the New York Library the fight in, in the museum uh, going to Casablanca the massive fuck off sand dunes <laughs> and then having the fight having the gunfight which was my least favorite fight with gunfight in the in the um in the hotel mm. it just looked amazing it yeah. just looked really good plus everyone in the cinema going oof ah <laughs> and that kind of audience reaction you and you just couldn't help but be viscerally moved by it that's true actually i i exclaimed a lot yeah. while i was watching this and i don't normally do that i don't yeah. blur out noises You've got time just to change watching scores. it <laughs> So it was it was genuinely like one of the most fun experiences I mean, in, this, in the cinema. This has got the Prince Charles all over it, hasn't it? Yeah, really? I think a John Wick three, a John Wick trilogy, the Prince Charles. Yeah, I would happily, happily hmm. do it. Happily go and see that. Um, engagement score. James, um, I mean, it's it's so kind of fast paced and in your face. I think you'd you'd struggle to 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 not want to look at the screen, wouldn't you? Um, so I'm go for four and a half, point five. <laughs> Rihanna uh, I was really try- like just desperate to stop watching it so 
I was just genuinely bored. Genuinely bored. <laughs> yeah. I but think after the first amazing. after the first sort of, you know, two minutes of every fight sequence, I was right. ready for it okay. to be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the pacing was just really off for me. So uh, I'd say 1.8. Helen. So it's two hours 10 and it really could have deserved. <laughs> you didn't go, it's two hours 10. <laughs> they really could have shaved easily 20 minutes off, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one who chose this film and I still yeah. agree with that. Mm. Um, which is a shame because I would have been more engaged throughout if it had just been a, that little bit zippier. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I was up until sort of, I think maybe the desert bit was a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when it started to sag for me and get less engaged. So um, 3.9. Right. I'm going to go. Yeah. Based mainly on that cinematic experience the first time it it was 4.8, I think. Um, and I was looking forward to, I was really, really, really looking forward to the, the kills again. Um, <laughs> sounds so horrible. No, but you do. Like, that's the point yeah, of them, it's right? It's better to say that about a film than in yeah. real life, isn't it? So. <laughs> um, so that gives an overall score of 3.4625. And uh, we always go to reach out to people on Twitter and ask them to give us a short review about a film before we uh, go to record. And in this case, we said we're reviewing John Wick Chapter 3 with James King Movies and Rihanna Dillon from BBC, well, formerly of BBC Radio 1. Sorry. Hey, we'll still take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah always. We're happy with that. Um, ask them, have you seen it? And tell us your thoughts when on a shout-out on Flixwatcher. Um, James, can you read the top review there, please? Uh, this is to, from at Top Film Tip. Oh, I love yeah. them. They're great. Oh, All right, I'm reading this Sorry. one. <laughs> <laughs> Excommunicado assassin escapes high tables adjudication in animal-assisted antique axe-assaulting bullet-bathed deconsecration. Flawless, frenetic fun. So you see why I love them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a little bit at the bottom. 50 plus, 50 plus Keanu still brings verve and vigour as well as ineffable style to action genre. Don't forget the emojis. Oh yeah, well, so there's knife. Oh, that's horses. Yeah, horses and knives emojis. Four, which four, kind of sums up the four horses out of five knives. So four out of five is uh, there. Okay, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get it. Uh, Rihanna, do you, want, do you want to say the second one? Well, do follow him at uh, Top Film Tip. He, it was actually it was Top Film Tip that gave um, that thing you do the zero scores. Oh or, wow, oh, harsh critic. But I think he'd still give it a pithy review on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna. Uh, so from at Retro Ramble Blog, breathtaking Keanu action with more headshots and stabbings with a dash of horse foo, love that, and even <laughs> some book foo, love that even more. <laughs> Silly, exhausting, but always impressive, four daggers. Helen. And the last one is from Steve Cross, a much needed addition to the sadly neglected action movie star beats up a seven foot plus NBA player genre, four stars. <laughs> One star removed for upsetting viewers with an even basic knowledge of how many stabs, shots and car crashes a human body can survive. So they wanted, so Steve wanted some more realism. Yeah, wrong series. Yeah. <laughs> wrong movie. It was just where Keanu Reeves falls off like 18 roofs yeah. and then still yeah, that was, alive. That was still, that was a bit dumb. Because oh. I think everything else is a bit like, you can imagine they got shot in the in the right part or... They almost set that up at the beginning where there's doctors going, shoot me here and here yeah. because he knows he's not going to die from it. They're almost setting that up to be like, it is survivable. Yeah, you can you yeah. can deal with this. <laughs> That's why you need 14 days on a boat so you can recover. Recover, yeah. yes. He probably had a lovely pleasure cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
How many how many coins do you reckon it is for a one boat transport to cast? It's only one. It's only one coin. How many coins it? did he have? Oh, he had a lot. He had some in storage, didn't he? He went to a deposit box or something. I actually had a question about when is this set? Is it? Isn't it present, present day? day? Yeah. So what's with all the sort of chalkboard and typewriters and? Oh, they're amazing. I love those. I the love sort of them, the rockabilly but, but tattoo why? phone operators. Mm. But why? I want a whole. I want a whole series of them. I want a spin off of them. <laughs> there is going to be a continental. There's supposed to be a continental yeah. TV series coming up. Yeah. So I think we might see it's more. Quite Deadpooly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I do. I do like the John Wick. I do like the John Wick world. I think what they set up. Um, and I think that is why it's ripe for doing more films after the first one because the whole kind of mythos and the coin and the yeah. that adds more to it. It's not just, it wasn't as simple as the raid where it was you know get from bottom yes. to top. Yeah. Um, so. But but why but why chalkboards and typewriters and not computers? I've, I has think that, it's have just heard, style. Over style. Content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it know. does look cool. Yeah. It yeah, really it looks does. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all like Mad Men styled. Um, yeah. Like, call centre isn't yeah. it yeah and they're all with an sort emo of, sort of theme to yeah, it exactly. everyone's got <laughs> sleeve, and sleeve go, tattoos and yeah exactly yeah. I love that and the more you look at them you go oh there's piercings as well and you more there, there's a more sort of emo look to it mm. but um, on the face of it it looks sort of like something out of dad's army retro <laughs> and you get, then you go oh, actually no, it's a bit it's a bit more uh, it's a bit more goth than that I don't think anyone's ever put dad's army and John Wick in the same review so there well done there you go well that's why you came on here that's why you invited you on here he said as long as you mentioned dad's army <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, can you sign off, guys, by telling us where people can find you online? Uh, I'm at Rihanna Dillon on Twitter, I think. Well, you're up there, actually, on the big computer screen. We can check. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah. you are at Rihanna Dillon. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm reading my one now at James King Movies on Twitter and Instagram as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what she sent you you just heard a stripped media production 